Hey, my friends, how you doing? Uh, I've missed all of you folks. I'm happy that uh, in the past month that we've been off, I did hear from a lot of people and uh, a lot of suggestions about what we could talk about. So that's always great. I hope that your uh, new year is off to a good, uh, good start. I will say uh, on my end, you know, uh, my mother-in-law passed away uh, two weeks ago. So uh, the family and I have been dealing with that. And my wife is, you know, uh, she and her mom are very close. So, uh, but, you know, of the many wonderful things about that sweet lady is she loved my mother-in-law jokes. <laughs> she loved them. Like she encouraged me to always have mother-in-law jokes. So that was, uh, that was pretty funny. And I didn't, Coincidentally, I did hear a mother-in-law joke uh, over the, the last month. This guy and his wife and uh, his mother-in-law go visit the Holy Land, right? They go to Jerusalem. And then during the trip, the mother-in-law dies in Jerusalem. Um, and then they're going to kind of bury her. And, uh, you know, one of the, the morgues or whatever says, you can, uh, if you want to fly her back to the United States, it's going to cost $8,000, uh, but you could bury her right here in Jerusalem. It'll cost uh, $400. Uh, so $400 as opposed to $8,000. And the guy looks at him and he goes, he gives him $8,000 cash right away. And the guy goes, why are you spending $8,000? You could just bury her here in Jerusalem for like almost free. The guy looks at him and says, you know what? Uh, I don't know if you know the story, I, uh, but about 2,000 years ago, a guy died here in Jerusalem and came back to life. And I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> that was a good joke, huh? Da -da 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 -da. Yep, uh, my mother-in-law, God bless her. She used to love uh, all the mother-in-law jokes and stuff. All right. So today we're going to be talking about something that's not a joke. The 14th Amendment and Donald Trump running for president. The state of Colorado banned Donald Trump from being on the ballot uh, in the primary candidates, uh, you know, for president. And, uh, this is crazy to me that, uh, that he was banned in Colorado. Um, and then he got banned in another state. Uh, and then in the state of Michigan, uh, there was a push to ban him there, but the, the court in Michigan said, no, we're not going to do that. In California, governor Newsom straight out said, I am not going to ban him in, you know, uh, in the state of California to run for president. Uh, so here and then finally, the United States Supreme Court decided to kind of, uh, you know, when, when they have all these split and decisions in different states and different jurisdictions, uh, a lot of times, especially if it's an important enough subject, the United States Supreme Court will take it. Uh, and it is uh, a very I mean, this this case, uh, you know, Colorado banning him saying that, no, it's a violation of the 14th Amendment because he engaged in an insurrection. And so therefore he does not qualify to become president again. Uh, the, the case has so much issues uh, that are going to be fun to discuss, like constitutional issues um, and the kind of the, the history of the 14th amendment and how it came out after the civil war and, and this application. Uh, and I'm going to come out and just say it right away. The Colorado Supreme court messed this whole thing up. I think that they are, the they're dead wrong about this. I think the United States Supreme Court is going to freaking give them the caboose and uh, and just say they're flat out wrong. Uh, and and to get there, though, it's kind of a complicated process. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and we're going to have, as always, I hope we're going to have a lot of fun. And in the meantime, you'll learn about civil litigation, civil procedure, constitutional law, 
the history of these these different constitutional amendments. Okay, so let's start with uh, what what exactly happened. So you know, as you know, so Donald Trump was the president from 2016 to 2020, uh, and then Joe Biden won the election uh, in uh, 2020, and then you know he's supposed to become president in January 20, 2021. Obviously, Donald Trump disagreed that Joe Biden won the election and he said it was rigged, it was flawed. There was, you know, everyone knows the story, right? And then there was a push to um, disallow the uh, the electoral college to to kind of like uh, move along. And, and he was trying to get uh, Vice President Mike Pence to not sign off on the election. Uh, and that could have been a disaster and confusing time period in our country. And, uh, you know, who knows if the presidency would have switched. I mean, it was it was a weird time. Right. And uh, this is what Colorado used uh, as a basis to disallow him from running for office. OK, so now we got to kind of uh, explain how all this happened. So there was a civil war in our country uh, in 1861. Right. And then after the Civil War, right, the Union won, the North won, the Civil War. Uh, and when I used to teach law, I always used to say, like, if there's like a federal law and, and uh, there was an issue where there's a difference, like a federal court said one thing, the state court said something else. And I said, well, the federal law uh, is the authority. And why? Because the Union won the war. I used to always say that, right? So that's why the federal government is the supreme one here. So, uh, and then after the Civil War, the 14th, there was a few um, amendments that were passed. One of them, like the 13th Amendment of Slavery, the 14th Amendment, which is the one in, pre in question here, the 15th Amendment. So in the 14th Amendment, they, uh, they said, you know, like all of these different discriminations are not allowed and that all, uh, anything, you know, depriving someone of their, their rights has to, be, can only be done with due process and no state can um you know violate the other amendments because before the 14th amendment the like the first uh first amendment second amendment fourth fifth amendment they uh, a lot of courts interpreted only that only applies to the federal government so the states can you know uh take away free speech the states can do whatever they want because the constitution those bill of rights didn't apply to the states but the 14th amendment made it apply to the states uh and then there was a section in the 14th amendment something that has never come up since the Civil War. And that was this uh, Section 3 that says, the short version says, uh, no person shall uh, become an officer of the United States if that person engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. Okay, so that's, so there's a little section. I gave you the short version of it. Uh, the reason why that was in, uh, in the 14th Amendment was because after the Civil War in the states that uh, seceded from the Union, there was a lot of uh, officials there that were either previous Congress members or senators. They were, uh, you know, other federal officials and things like that. So and then those people are the ones that that wanted to secede from the Union, that, that fought the Union, that said, you know, uh, we're, we're part of the Confederacy. We're no longer part of the United States. And the federal government uh, put this in there because they didn't want those people, right, to uh, regain their office. Because what are they going to do 
if times get tough. They're going to try to secede from the union again. You see what I'm saying? So they didn't want them to run for office. Uh, so that was the history of this little, the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And it hasn't come up uh, for the most part since then. And then we got Donald Trump. Uh, and now it comes up. All right. Then, uh, you know, so Donald Trump was the president. He lost in the 2020 election. Uh, and then now he is running for president again in 2024 uh, for the 2024 election. And for him to win, obviously, you know, he has to be on the ballot, first of all. And the state of Colorado, the Supreme Court of the state of Colorado ruled that because of this Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, he does not qualify as a candidate for president. Uh, now, to get there is when I talked about earlier all of these different constitutional uh, issues. Okay, so who challenged this were a group of voters in Colorado. So these group of voters in Colorado said, wait a minute, the Secretary of State of Colorado is putting Donald Trump on the ballot, this insurrectionist, and uh, that's not proper. So they filed a lawsuit in the state of Colorado to prohibit him from being in, in, um, in, in off or as a candidate. All right. So the first uh, order of business, jurisdiction. OK, uh, Donald Trump's attorneys filed a, um, a motion to remove this from the state court to the federal court. And the federal court said, we're not going to take this case because these voters have no standing to assert any of this. Now, this is an, another kind of constitutional issue. This thing about standing. Standing in constitutional law basically means, you know, uh, if a person is allowed to even file this lawsuit. Like, I'll get a call from uh, friends or clients or something saying, oh, this isn't fair. You know, California is uh, taxing this or or I don't like how this, this guy shouldn't be the governor because he didn't do this properly or blah, 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 right? So a lot of times this issue of standing is who is allowed to file a claim or if the United States government goes to war and then all these people are like, wait, uh, the president exceeded his authority and I'm a taxpayer and my tax money is going to the president who exceeded his authority by engaging in this war and blah, blah, blah. So uh, the idea of standing is ordinarily a taxpayer, just by being a taxpayer or a citizen, doesn't usually have standing to even assert those claims. Uh, it, it has to be something, you know, if there's a large group, uh, maybe they'll have standing. If, if they're asserting something for like environmental protection, like the wildlife protection uh, conservation groups or the, you know, Sierra Nevada, is that a beer or that's the Sierra Nevada, the environmental group, right? So anyway, uh, there's all these different groups. So, so sometimes they'll have standing as kind of these big organizations. Um, but that was the first issue. So the federal government said, we're not, we don't even want to take this case because these, these taxpayer voters don't have standing. So then it goes back to the state court. Uh, and that is one of the first issues. The state court has to decide, do these voters, because the state of Colorado, like the elected officials and, and including the secretary of state that kind of runs the elections, they did not ban Donald Trump from running. So no government officials uh, banned Donald Trump. We just had a group of, of taxpayers, basically. Um, that's the first issue. The Colorado, how it went down was first, this was in a trial court in the Colorado District Court. That's the trial court. 
the trial court said that these taxpayers do have standing to bring this case because they are voters in Colorado and they have standing as voters to bring this case. Uh, the Colorado Supreme Court on appeal upheld that. Um, and that one is my first kind of, you know, that could have went either way. I think that it is not proper that they would have standing, you know, but apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, there was a, the, the dissenting judges uh, in this opinion in the Colorado Supreme Court would probably agree with me or they, they did agree with me. But the majority of the judges said that these these taxpayers have had do have standing. Uh, that is a shock to me. Uh, but, you know, but they did it. I think it opens up a, a, a big kind of deal in the sense that uh, you get like a small group of people. You could challenge almost anything. Uh, in theory, that's kind of cool. But the problem is it, it'll uh, I don't know if the the whole idea is people elect government officials. Right. And the government officials then make these political decisions. And so if you constantly have the court intervening when a taxpayer doesn't like something, then. You're going to have, you know, for something to pass, uh, you have to have the politicians, you know, the government agree. And then the court, uh, you know, the, the those few people that disagree instead of them doing things, the political process way of, of getting new officials elected and voting for certain things, they'll just challenge it in court. You know, so I think that that's uh, a no, no. And I think the Colorado Supreme Court screwed that one up. And I think the United States Supreme Court will. Uh, go after them for that. Then the next order of business is this concept in constitutional law called ripeness. Okay, ripeness means uh, for the court to get involved, there has to be an actual case in controversy. Like it has to be, you know, there. It, uh, it would be kind of like uh, if I was to file a lawsuit saying, you know, uh, I think that this stadium will one day be too loud, <laughs> you know, and I live in the neighborhood and it's going to be too loud uh, because it's growing in popularity and in 10 years from now, it'll be too loud, maybe, you know, so the court can't take that case because they'll say, well, it's not ripe yet. Like, like, let's see if that happens. Otherwise, we're going to be adjudicating cases where, um, you know, there's no like there's not a real controversy yet. So Donald Trump's attorneys made the argument that, well, this case, he's just running for office. He didn't win. So this is like too early. Like if he wins, then we could decide this case. But if we des decide this case and he doesn't even win, we will have wasted all these judicial resources. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, I think that one is okay. Maybe it's ripe. Uh, so, you know, I won't, I won't take the Colorado Supreme Court to issue too much there because he put himself on the ballot. He's a legitimate uh, chance of winning. You know, so I think that one, okay, it's ripe for decision, but uh, that could have, they could have lost on that, uh, but they didn't. So that's another kind of, for, for folks out there that, uh, I remember when I studied constitutional law, I mistakenly thought that everything's going to be like, oh, the First Amendment this, and, and uh, you know, unreasonable search and seizures and uh, seizures and Miranda warnings and blah, blah, blah. But the whole like first semester of constitutional law was all these different like procedural things. Uh, so if you want to be a constitutional law attorney, you know, it's all these like procedural things that you have to adjudicate first before you get to the substantive issues. OK, um, so the court there ruled that, no, this whole thing is, is right. Then the next issue 
is uh, who is making this decision? It's the state of Colorado. Now, uh, the Donald Trump attorney said that the state of Colorado cannot decide who can be on this, this ballot because it's a federal election, uh, not a state of Colorado election. All right, you with me here, Mateo? Okay, so that's a good argument. Um, you know, if it's... If someone's running for governor of Colorado, then the Colorado state would determine if this person, you know, meets the requirements. If someone is running for, you know, the senator for Colorado, so he's going to represent Colorado in the Senate, then I think the state of Colorado has the authority to kind of say, okay, who qualifies and who doesn't. Now, this one is a pure federal office, right? This is the, the, the president. So I think that the state of Colorado does not have the authority to determine if Donald Trump is a, uh, a valid candidate or not. I think that one, they overstepped their constitutional authority there because, like I like to say, who won the Civil War, Zeke? The North, <laughs> right? So the federal government is supreme here. And I think if it's a true federal government office, then the federal government has that decision, not the state of Colorado. The state of Colorado said, of course we can decide who's on the ballot in the state of Colorado. It's our electors and it's our state that can vote and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, you know, if, if the guy was uh, 28 years old instead of 35, this is the Supreme Court's opinion that I'm discussing, the Colorado Supreme Court. If he's, you know, if he doesn't meet the age requirement or if he's a foreign national, you know, because he has to be a natural born citizen. And but if he was born in a different country and blah, 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 of course, we could ban him from the ballot. My opinion is that that was an uh, exceeding their constitutional authority. I think they screwed that one up. Also, I think that if it is something like clerical or an age issue, then they could, uh, you know, they could disqualify him if it's like a like on its face. There's something wrong here. Uh, you know, but if it's if it's something, especially if it's a gray area uh, and and the Congress or the federal government isn't blocking this, then I think the state of Colorado can't do it. All right. Uh, obviously, I was incorrect. I am of the dissenting opinion on that. OK, now we get to, um, you know, it, especially because the the idea of the Section three, remember, it, it, it had to do with the federal government after the Civil War. So it would have been crazy if, if the states are the one that can decide who's running for these federal offices, especially because the whole idea was after the Civil War, we didn't want the states to make those decisions. That's why, you know, so so I think Colorado exceeded its constitutional authority uh, in that respect. OK, the the next order of business, I love one of the things I love the most here is when, um, you know, uh, attorneys like they go, they read a like specific language in a, in a, in a law and a statute and say, well, technically the statute says this, this one, this one is one of my, my favorite ones. Okay. So the 14th amendment section three says, you know, no person shall be, you know, a, a federal office, you know, who having previously taken oath, you know, uh, or executive to support have engaged in insurrection. Okay. So here it's saying, um, that no person shall hold any office. So Donald Trump's attorney said, well, the technical amendment said no person shall hold office. It didn't say 
no person shall run. <laughs> you know, do you see what I'm going here? So they're saying, well, technically, he could run for office even if he can't hold it. Um, and, and there is, those are very funny. Even, you know, how they say, like, no, uh, no president should be elected uh, more than twice, the term limit of twice. So they're all, there are these scholars that say, well, then technically, somebody could be president for two terms, then he could be vice president because he didn't be... He didn't run for president. And then if the president dies or resigns, that person becomes president because technically the Constitution only says he can't run for office more than twice or he can't win office more than twice. Uh, so here it's saying he cannot hold, even if it's true he's an insurrectionist, he can't hold the office, but it doesn't say he can't run. It's kind of technical, right? Uh, some judges dig those technical definitions. Uh, these judges said, no, obviously, if he can't hold the office, then he can't run because otherwise you're going to have a 28 year old just run for the heck of it. You know who did run for office and, and change his name? Uh, and it was like a funny thing. This guy, you guys remember these nuts? These nuts? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> There was a guy that started running for president under the name D's Nuts, and he was actually getting a lot of votes. Did you vote for D's Nuts, Zeke? No? Yeah, right. I think Zeke voted for D's Nuts twice, you know? I mean, he was an official candidate for president. Anyway, okay. So, uh, so the Colorado Supreme Court is saying, if he can't hold the office, we're not going to let him run for office. Okay, that one, you know, could have been if he, you know, fine, I, I won't take them to task there because I, I see uh, the point here. Now, the next order of business that the Donald Trump attorneys uh, point out is that Congress did not, and I kind of mentioned you know this a little bit, Congress have, hasn't made any sort of uh, decision on this. And Congress did not uh, issue anything saying that uh, he's an insurrectionist. Right. And they didn't uh, forbid him from running. So if Congress doesn't do that, then the state of Colorado can't. Uh, to which the Supreme Court of the state of Colorado said uh, that is incorrect because we do have the authority in our own state to determine if somebody can run for president and that we won't let our electors is it electors or electors? It's spelled electors, but I kind of, you know, a lot of people say our electors. Uh, we won't let them vote for him. Uh, so they said to that, and, and then they also said this, which I think is interesting. They said, well, Section 3, you know, it just says no person shall run for office if, if he's an insurrectionist. It doesn't say that, uh, okay, so Donald Trump's attorney said it doesn't state that a state can make that decision. And then the Supreme Court of Colorado said, well, it also doesn't state that a state can't make that decision. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's silent about that, which is which happens all the time in law because it's like other. I mean, it's, it's hard to have every single kind of contingency written in there uh, so that the state of Colorado said, well, because there, it doesn't say that only Congress can make this decision, then we are uh, interpreting the uh, amendment to mean that a state could make that decision also. I think that is inaccurate myself. Um, all right. Then the, the Donald Trump attorneys, 
Uh, it gets a lot better. Like, in fact, this whole thing is going to keep getting a lot better. I just, I dig this whole thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the next order of business here. In 1994, Congress specifically made a law about insurrection. Uh, and that law was, uh, so it was passed in 1994. And it, it says, this statute makes it a crime to assist or engage in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States. So that Congress passed this law uh, in 1994, and uh, it, and it, it had the exact kind of words, right, that this amendment has. And it had definitions of what counts as an insurrection, what counts as a rebellion. Um, and I think back then, you know, in, in the 90s, it was just People were worried about like some sort of spies or espionage and uh, and things like that or whatever it was, right? Uh, they they just happened to pass this law, and then and this is true that President Trump of his several indictments, <laughs> okay? I'll tell you. Here's a trivia. What's one thing he never got indicted for? Insurrection, okay. So there's a federal law on the books, okay, uh, for this exact crime, okay, and Congress hasn't charged him with it, uh, you know, and the federal government hasn't charged him with it, even though the federal government charged him with other violations, you know, like he, he wasn't supposed to do this in the election, he wasn't supposed to do that. They never charged him with insurrection, which is, you know... Uh, so he's saying his lawyers and uh, Donald Trump saying, if the federal government didn't even charge me for insurrection, then you cannot, um, you know, make a decision that I am an insurrectionist if the federal government didn't even charge me with it. You with me? I like that argument. I think it's a good argument, but I'm wrong, <laughs> right? The Colorado Supreme Court decided uh, that no. Again, they said, well, if Congress, if the federal government did charge him and did find him guilty, then he would be disqualified. But uh, that's not the only way somebody could get disqualified. We could find the same thing ourselves. Um, <laughs> all right. I am obviously uh, in disagreement there. But again, OK, um, Another another funny one was uh, the next one was that he he's saying uh, in the Constitution in that amendment it said uh, that nobody can hold office you know uh, under the United States uh, and then they're saying well the president is not under the United States he is the United States um, <laughs> so that one. I think the Colorado Supreme Court is okay there. They're saying, no, what they meant by under the United States, meaning like, you know, under a part of the federal government. Okay, that was another one of those technical, technical ones. Okay, uh, the next order of business that they say that this is a political question, not a legal question, meaning that the whole fact that people could vote for the president uh, and that they can they could vote for him or against him, that this should be left up to the political process and not the legal process, because the last thing you want is for the people to elect a president and then a judge saying, no, I'm going to disqualify him, even though he's the right age and he's, uh, you know, a natural born citizen. I'm going to disqualify him. What if what if 95 percent of America vote for Donald Trump? Right. And then all of a sudden you have a couple judges that say he's not, you know, uh, qualified. That would be a disaster 
Donald Trump's attorney says. Uh, but they lost that one. I think that one was okay to lose because the Constitution is saying these particular people are not, you know, if they're an insurrectionist, they can't hold office. Uh, and the whole point is that so that, you know, you can't have the majority, like, you know, it's kind of a check against the majority. So the majority can't, if they want an insurrectionist in office, they can't even vote for him, you know? So that one, okay, I see the point there uh, that, that that was okay. Now, oh, finally, can we talk about if he's an insurrectionist or not yet? Notice how this whole time we haven't talked about it yet, you know? And it wasn't until about 80 pages into the opinion that they started talking about it. Uh, and my favorite thing, my favorite thing was as soon as they talked about the the substantive issue, then they started talking about procedures. <laughs> you like that? Okay. So there was, get this. So finally they say, okay, if he's an insurrectionist, we're not going to let him run. So now they have to adjudicate whether or not he's an insurrectionist. Uh, how the heck are gonna, they're going to do that? They had a five-day trial, all right, a five-day trial uh, and in that five-day trial, they didn't have many witnesses. Uh, all they did uh, was that they used the Congress's uh, committee reports. Um, and they, you know, uh, which in rules of evidence, what they, you know, that is, I think, a, you know, and Donald Trump's attorneys are saying this on appeal, is that, wait a minute, you just had a trial where you didn't bring in witnesses, you didn't have a jury, you didn't have like a, you know, a fair, you didn't even have a fair trial, you know, you just claim, you know, uh, so he's saying that, and then that rules of evidence, it, it makes sense because the Congress, what they did was, do you guys remember this like little committee that they had, Congress? It makes sense. It was, it was a majority of them were Democrat, um, uh, Congress members, because the Republicans didn't want any part of it, and most of them boycotted it. Maybe there was two Republicans on it, and most of the, everyone else was was Democrats. So he's saying that it was a biased committee. Then he's saying that in the committee itself, they based their their conclusions on a lot of hearsay evidence. Like uh, Mark Meadows said, "Yeah, I don't think Donald Trump wanted to stop the violence," you know, or "I think this, I think that." So the whole report was based on potentially inadmissible evidence, right? Because if you're going to, for example, if you're going to convict somebody of murder or arson or drinking and driving, things like that, you need to have a jury. You need to have proper evidence. Right. Um, and none of that happened here. So so they're saying that the procedure of how this trial determined that he's an insurrectionist was not fair. I think that's a good argument, but apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. I think that's a good argument, because if you. You know, um, if you deprive somebody of a substantial right, it has to be with due process. Coincidentally, that's in the 14th Amendment in Section 1 uh, and in the 5th Amendment. So how can you deprive? This is a big right to deprive somebody of uh, running for president of the United States. So to deprive him of that right, I think he should have a trial. I mean, freaking if somebody gets a DUI, they're entitled to a trial. And that's, you know, even if they're... The jail time is very little, you know, uh, or, or whatever it is. And if you sue somebody for freaking uh, 50,000 bucks, you know, you're going to get a, a trial, a, a jury trial. Or So I, I just don't understand how all of this, the Colorado Supreme Court said it is not a violation of his due process rights to kick him off the ballot without 
a jury trial and without uh, you know, or or with these like kind of shaky rules of evidence, uh, you know, hearsay, schmearsay. <laughs> they didn't say that, but they did say, oh, there's all these exceptions to hearsay rules, and this big congressional report is an exception because it's a government report and it's an exception to the hearsay rule. Uh, I, 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 that is just crazy to me. Like in a trial, like when I'm in a trial, it's like any little thing that I want to say, you know. Uh, did you see the red light? Like, I can't even ask someone, did you see the red light? I have to say like, uh, do you have good vision? Do you know what a traffic light is? Do you know the difference between a red and a green traffic light? Can you form an opinion about something like that? Blah, 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 blah. Then I could ask him, dude, with the, the effing light red, you know? So I don't understand how all of this came in without all of that, uh, that kind of, uh, the evidence, but they said that it was all allowed. Okay, um, all right, can we finally get to whether or not he committed an insurrection? Yes or no? Yes, okay, finally, all these procedural things. That is one of the things, as a lawyer, I always remember, I'm like, oh my God, before we even talk about the dispute, because the whole flipping thing says, if he's an insurrectionist, he can't run for office. So finally, after all those procedural things, we could talk about if he's an insurrectionist. Now, what 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 the court said here? This is this is uh, like I said, it keeps getting you know better and better. The court said, well, at the time in 1860, they didn't have a law that kind of defined what insurrection is, and so to get the idea of the framers of the 14th Amendment, we want to know what insurrection is. So you know what they did? The Colorado Supreme Court they went and looked up the Webster's Dictionary. Uh, in 1860 to see how the Webster's Dictionary defined the word insurrection. Uh, theory being that that was the common usage of the word, you know, uh, which in law, that's like the last resort. It's like, it wasn't defined in the statute. It wasn't defined in, in the law. It wasn't defined in the constitution. Uh, so let's just see what the dictionary says. You know, the Webster's, which by the way, remember when we did a thing about new words in the dictionary? Like riz and sup and what were some of those funny words that you know all the this is the Webster's dictionary, right? So this is what we're using for the authority here. Okay. So they go back and they say, okay, uh, an insurrection, a rising against civil or political authority, a rising, uh, the open and active opposition of a number of persons to the execution of law in a city or state, it's equivalent to sedition, except that sedition expresses less extensive rising of civilians. Okay, so it's kind of like this uprising, uh, and that was the definition. And then they said, uh, yeah, so they're, they're kind of like going back over all of these old dictionaries, and they're piecing together what an insurrection is. They finally come up with the following definition. We think, you know, the Supreme Court of Colorado says, it's a public use of force or threat of force by a group of people to hinder or prevent execution of the Constitution. So a uh, public use of force. Now, the next order of business is they're trying to decide, okay, did he commit this insurrection? Uh, and, and what the district court in this little five-day trial adjudicated was that the events of January 6th constituted a concerted and public use of force uh, by a group of people to hinder the government from electing the next president. Uh, it, it said the mob, you know, the January 6th mob, was coordinated and demonstrated a unity of purpose. They marched through the Capitol building, chanting in a manner that made clear they were seeking to inflict violence against 
members of Congress and Vice President Pence. Uh, they go on and 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 start uh, quoting Donald Trump's tweets back then. Uh, you know, and and certain things like one tweet he said in December 2020: "Swing states that have found massive voter fraud, which is all of them, cannot legally certify these votes as complete and correct without committing." Uh, a punishable crime. So this is Donald Trump. They said that when Donald Trump said, you know, uh, we got to fight for this. We got to like, like, you know, fight like hell for this. Right. Um, you know, Donald Trump always said, well, I meant like fight like peacefully and, and challenge this. They, the Supreme Court calls that no far right extremists and militia, such as the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, and the three percenters viewed Donald Trump's uh, tweets as a call to arms, and they began to plot activities to disrupt the San January 6th thing, you know. Uh, and then another tweet by Donald Trump, if a Democratic presidential candidate had an election rigged and stolen with proof of such acts, uh, the Democratic senators would consider it an act of war and fight to the death. Mitch McConnell and Republicans do nothing, just want to let it pass. No fight. So what they're saying is his tweets uh, kind of, you know, remember I said that definition of insurrection, kind of like a uh, an uprising, a call to arms type of thing. So the Colorado Supreme Court is saying that uh, these tweets and his manners and, and how he was saying all of this amounted to this insurrection, this kind of like call to like a violent overthrow of the government. Um, they cited his speech. Remember that January 6th speech in the cold weather and all that? Remember that, Mateo, right? Uh, we're gathered together. This is Donald Trump. Uh, should I do the Donald Trump voice or just, just say it real quick? What do you think? Mateo's just like, whatever gets us through this faster. All right, thanks, Mateo. Okay. We're gathered together in the heart of the nation's capital for one very basic reason, to save our democracy. Um, you know, uh, Republicans are constantly fighting like a boxer with his high hands tied behind his back. Uh, now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on democracy. We're going to walk down and we'll be there and we're going to fight like hell and we're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we fight. We fight like hell. And, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. So the Colorado Supreme Court is saying that he started this violent uprising and uh, that is an insurrection akin to the Civil War, <laughs> right? And it is so bad that we are disqualifying him from running for office. The Colorado Supreme Court had judges who dissented, meaning they disagreed with the majority. I've always thought that was funny. These guys are Supreme Court judges, right? They, uh, and dissenters are basically saying, you don't know the constitutional law. You fail constitutional law. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Like either it's it's the law or not. But anyway, uh, you know, only in law can you have theoretically, if somebody has a dissenting opinion, they got it wrong in theory, but they're still getting paid. Right. Uh, the dissenting opinions just basically echo some of the things that I said. Um, and I only want to I mean, I don't you know, they basically just said what I said, darn it. Uh, but I did want to mention, I, I freaking made sure of this. I didn't want to forget this one. So this one, Justice S oh, Samauer, uh, the name starts with the letters S-A-M-O, but that's a pure coincidence, okay? Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, but my favorite one is this, said, 
Our government cannot deprive somebody of the right to hold public office without due process of law. So kind of like, well, one of the things I said before is that you're depriving somebody of such a big right. And, and it's always the case. The bigger the right you deprive someone of, the more due pro, like the more legal uh, procedures you should do to make sure that, that you deprive them of that right fairly. So if you deprive somebody of a parking ticket and Mateo, you've got a lot of parking tickets, a hundred bucks they deprive Mateo of, that's not a big deal. He's not going to get a jury trial. But if you deprive somebody of, uh, you know, the right to, to become president, that's much bigger. And I think he could, he should have a jury trial and all those things, you know, um, what do we always do at the end? By the way, I'm not a Trump like I don't care. I'm not a Trump fan or anything. I just think that he uh, that this was done wrong. I think the United States Supreme Court is going to uh, reverse this uh, opinion and they're going to let him run for office. Good work today, my friends. I'll see you next week. Oh, please let me know what you think. <laughs>